Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. And we will be having a meeting this Friday, December 25th at 6 p.m. for our regular Sober Sisters Talk Friday night meeting as well as January 1st. Hope to see you there. If you want to get meeting information, email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. So today is December the 4th, and um, we were chatting about what we should you know, have our topic be for today, and we decided to do the 12th step, and MG's going to read a little something. So, in our basic text on page 103, the last paragraph where it talks about step 12 is this fabulous little paragraph, and I'm just going to read it real briefly. We know, as we continue to live out our recoveries in SLAA, that we are indeed engaged in the great adventure of discovering true freedom of the human spirit. We have received and continue to receive many blessings we would not have known how to ask for. Life is open-minded, I'm sorry, life is open-ended and wonderful. New chapters in well-being await us. And I thought that that was the most inspirational message. And if nothing else, this is like the whole deal with working the steps. And I'm just like blown away that at the end of this 12 step, uh, you know, the text that they ended with this. And I led a meeting the other night and I led on this topic and you know, some people were newer in recovery and they're like, I can't even imagine, you know, they're right in the middle of withdrawal or just, you know, beginning where there's a ton of pain. But, you know, we need to begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey says in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this is, you know, what we've been working for, Elizabeth, having the great adventure of discovering true freedom of the human spirit come on i mean yeah who how could you not want that so i have an experience with um step 12 in one of my first uh aa meetings my sponsor took me to uh the post oak club and we walk in and you've been to the post oak club this is a long time ago 23 years ago but we sat right in front. And so there's like, I don't know, four or five rows of people behind us and we're right in the front. And the chair and the leader are right there looking at us and they start talking about the 12 step. And I was a mess. Like I was in that, um, you know, where any little thing, where somebody says, are you okay? (laughs) No. Um, 
and I could just feel, I was like, as this guy was talking, I was like, he's going to call on me. I can feel it. And so they, the leader opens up and talks about this topic. And of course it's the 12 step and, um, you know, two or three people in, he looks right at me and he asked me to share. And I just started crying and I said, you know what? I, I have nothing to give anybody. I need so much help. I feel so depleted and so um, confused. And I don't, I, I, I just don't have anything to give anybody. I don't see myself ever being in a place where I can help anybody else. I need help. And um, the rest of the meeting was all about my share. I wasn't even really aware of it back then, but even that, like to remember what it's like, you know, I love it when we have people come in that are brand new and they're like really raw and sharing about, you know, real feelings and what's going on with them because it reminds me of that and that it, that's, I'm here for the end, you know, I am here for the end, for the end, for what you described, for adventure and to have freedom again and the freedom to feel lighthearted and free. But I just want our listeners to know that neither one of us came in that way. And step 12 says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. No, wait a minute. It says having had a spiritual awakening as the result a result not a result you're so smart you caught me i didn't read that properly because that part is so important to me yes i'll start again listeners having had a spiritual awakening as the result let me start again having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps we tried to carry this message to sex and love addicts and to practice these principles in all areas of our lives. Now, the piece that stuck out to me, Elizabeth, was we tried to carry this message. So whether they get the message or not is not our business. We're doing and it's a, not the primary purpose. We're doing a podcast, but if y'all don't ever go to a meeting... But know. this is. We're carrying the message. That's right. And we do it for us. We do it for our spiritual awakening. The 12 step is such a selfish step. And most people don't see it that way. They think, oh, I got to work or I need to give or I need to sponsor somebody and then I have to meet with them and, you know, help them and (laughs) (laughs) have to do all this stuff. I have to do all this work. But the thing is, is that who gets more out of this podcast than you and me? I know, right? I mean, you know, you guys don't understand. This is like I look forward to this. Like I get Thursdays, I go, "Ooh, tomorrow's Friday. I get to have lunch with my friends, and I get to record some sisters." Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just I I get so much out of it. We get to come together, and our relationship has really you know gotten more intimate and and safer and stronger stronger yes more in depth um through just you know meeting once a week and recording something that it seems like it's entertainment yes but it's not you know this is how we stay sober and this is how we carry the message as 
you know, in addition, you know, I mean, you sponsor a lot of people. I sponsor a lot of me people. We go to meetings, but, you know, we're, we're doing it in this way. A lot of people, like, are on service boards where they're part of the literature committee and they, you know, write articles for the journal. I mean, there's a myriad of ways that you can, you know, carry the message. Let's, let, let, let's list as many as we can because I do think that that's really important. You know, when I first started in that meeting that I was talking about, the Post Oak Club, you could go there and clean ashtrays or work in the, they had a bar, like a coffee bar, and you could work there. That's service work. And that in, in, in AA terms, you know, that's how you do it. That's, you're not going to stay sober if you don't do that. So there's that. There's also, um, you could be asked to read or lead in a meeting. That's service work. And that's carrying the message. So, so listeners, let's, let's explain that there's a difference between carrying the message and service work. I mean, service work is to be of service. If someone asks you to do something, like let's say, you know, they say, hey, listen, we have a bunch of big books. They need to go from, you know, the Post Oak Club, their old building to the new building. Can you load them up in your car and take them? You know, that's service work, but it's also related to carrying the message because ultimately that's what service work is all about. So service work is the vehicle whereby we carry the message. So even though you're cleaning the, you know, cigarette holders, what you're doing is you're creating, you know, a clean meeting space so that when people can come in, that they can be in a space that's, uh, you know, hospitable so that they can, you know, they're not going to be focused on the fucking dirty ashtray. They're going to like, you know, oh, okay. And this is all hypotheticals because nobody smokes it. I know it doesn't happen anymore, but I think it does it in the Heights Club. But, uh, but another way um, of do carrying the message or just you know be, doing some service work is to have um, to be a friend to somebody, you know. Yeah, a recovery partner, and right, yeah, or even like when I first came in, we used to go and um, meet. We would meet at at uh, La Madeline's before the meeting. And we would all there. There'd be like sometimes twenty five of us in there having coffee, and it it was so beneficial. But if if I don't show up, and then Grace didn't show up, and Sandy and PA and Stephanie and Gay and they all didn't show up, then there's nobody there. So you you know you've got to show up, and that's part of this. That's part of the service work is to. That's part of carrying the message is to just show up to be a friend. If somebody that you don't know asks you to walk around Memorial or go for a walk with them, do it. There's a gift in there for you. Right. Yes. So you can also, you know, lead or chair a meeting, right? Right. And you can also be on, you know, the uh, a board position. You can, you know, be the literature secretary that, you know, gets pamphlets and books out there. You can sponsor. That's another way of carrying the message. And you can be a temporary sponsor, or you can be a full-time sponsor, and uh, and you can also you can do a podcast. You can do that. You can you can start a meeting if there isn't a meeting in your right, area. You right, can Start one. You can start a I've, Zoom meeting. I've started many meetings. I I've started you know multiple meetings. Yeah. We wanted a meeting that focused on um, the avoidant. We started an avoidant meeting. When I first came, there was only four women's meetings. 
the first meeting I started was the Tuesday night co-ed meeting um, that may, they were meeting at St. John's. I don't know where they're meeting now, but you know, on Zoom. But so, um, because there wasn't a co-ed meeting and we really wanted, there was a group of women that we really wanted to have a co-ed experience and hear from the men. And that's, that is a method of service work. Sure, sure, sure. So you can start a meeting, you can read a meeting, you can lead a meeting, you can, um, you can volunteer in, in Houston, we have uh, two workshops. We do two workshops a year and they're fundraisers and you can volunteer to be part of that. You can, I mean, right now we're in this pandemic so nobody's doing anything in person, but you know, sometimes they just need people to do registration or clean up the food or, you know, greet people be a speaker, lead a breakout session. You know, give out name tags, you know, it's so simple. So uh, there's a, a lot of different ways that you can be of service and carry the message. But I wanna get to the last piece of this uh, step and to practice these principles in all areas of our lives. And that includes for me at work, you know, there's something up for me at work uh, that means at the grocery store, you know, you've heard before, listeners, if you listen on my podcast, how the grocery store can be a huge trigger for me. And recently it hasn't been because, you know, I'm like getting my groceries picked up. I'm having my groceries delivered, so I'm not having to stress out. But, you know, in all areas of their lives and all of our relationships. And so what this reminds me is that, oh, yeah, I'm not just sober and well in a meeting oh well i'm not just sober and well when you and i have the podcast oh i'm not just sober and well but you know in in all areas of my life and recently when i was really sick back in uh july i had asked my brother he said you know because i think i had covid i lost my sense of taste and i uh you know ran a fever and my brother said what can i do for you and i said don't tell my sister Jane that I'm sick because we call her Dr. Jane because she's got, you know, all of these ideas about, you know. So I said, don't tell my sister Jane that I'm sick. Well, I mean, it wasn't even 24 hours and he'd already broken my boundary because she calls me and she never calls me, right? Hi, how are you? You know, just like, just thinking about you. And it was like so fake. I was, I knew that it was uh, what was going on and I got out of containment with her because I was really feeling poorly and I was not able to practice these principles in all the areas of my life. So that goes back, listeners, to don't be hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, or sick. Halts. Put an S on there, you know, because when, when we're in any of those things, we're not in our best self in our best place and it's hard for me to you know um practice these principles so you know then i had to over an amends where i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry you know i had to do a step 10. not cool not cool listeners so but but so what was what was that last can you read that last sentence one more time and to practice these principles in all areas of our lives. 
So what it comes up for me around that is to remember that there, you know, there are tremendous gifts in showing up and being honest, you know, in what you just said, recognizing (laughs) I screwed up, I own amends and then doing it, you know, following through with it. Um, And that is, those are the principles. It's like, you know, I could see or hear the pain that I inflicted upon someone and then I have to make amends for that and fix it and not let it sit there and not let it dig a worm hole inside my heart and my soul and my head and my brain and you know all of those things and it's just it's a constant cycle you know sobriety and working with steps and also in, in in our lives my life your life in terms of our own headspace you know to cleaning up our side of the street you know staying in integrity and uh you know trying to not hold a resentment you know all the things that we know not to do and that's what you i think you were talking about that you know when we do something wrong that for me like sometimes the guilt and the shame i have to really work to not let it get a toehold and, you know, we know what to do because we, we have the steps previous to 12 that tells us what we need to do. And sometimes if someone's really bugging us, you know, we do a four-step around them. And then, uh, you know, and then continue to take personal in- inventory, you know, the 10th step as well. And then, you know, one of the, I just want to put it as an aside, we haven't done one of these for step six. So you know let's there's a reason for that why (laughs) i'm just teasing one of the aspects that i did want to talk about because it is my favorite um part of step 12 is having had the spiritual awakening so you know what i explain in responses is that when you get to 12 you realize there, you know, the the beginning is all about like finding your patterns and seeing your patterns of behavior that are not serving you and eliminating those and fi- fixing that part of them, which is why the amends come up. You know, it's probably it's probably not um, it's probably wrong what your sister did and the way that she's talking to you and all you know as far as our our value systems, but. The value system that you traveled outside of is your own. Right. And that is the part where the step 12 shows us. That is the awakening that I travel way outside of my value system and I don't like the way I feel. But if I stay inside of my value system or if I travel out and then I go like, whoa, 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 I'm, you know what? I apologize. I should never have said that. That was outside of my value system. I'm coming back in here. I wished I hadn't treated you that way. And you come back, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better. And you're not going to act out. You're not going to eat at your stuff. You're not going to drink at it. You're not going to smoke the crack pipe. You're not going to call that jerk and, and try to get him to have sex with you. So you don't feel the way that you feel because you couldn't apologize to someone. Because you traveled outside of your value system. And that awakening for me, I love the 12 step because I love hearing people. I make them, the first thing that I do as a sponsor is go like, okay, define what is your, what is your spiritual awakening? What have you learned about yourself? What 
what does this all of this stuff reveal for you well i can remember you know i had my spiritual awakening in your backyard it was awesome it was awesome and listeners elizabeth felt it too it wasn't just me it was a no, no, weird no. i always do i i can mm. feel it when you guys yeah i know when i can feel it too when my sponsees come in that line you're starting to get the promises you know when you're halfway through <laughs> step nine they start coming through yeah yeah it's amazing and you know that was the first time that you know i had ever felt it and and then it happened as and it was right after that that uh i had you know when i shared this in a meeting i i can't remember when but um you know i i the qualifier that's right that's right where it was like you know i uh didn't do or i did do what the my slaw women had told me to do which is not talk to this guy and you know let it go to voicemail let the call go to voicemail and just, you know, having that peace of like, oh my God, I could not have stood by my boundary if I had uh, followed my way. And I think that this really goes back to why the 12-step began to really work for me, Elizabeth, because, you know, I had come in and I was heavily auditing 12 steps, heavily auditing, but I wasn't really working them. And when I finally did, you know, start doing the work, and it had to do with my willingness. So it wasn't my way. It was, you know, the 12-step way. Because I've been trying to do this shit all my life. And it had never worked. And so when I became willing to do something different and try this and be humble and to say, okay, I'll do what these women are suggesting that I do. Not that I wanted to. Not at any point did I want to do anything that, you know, anyone told me to do. Call five <laughs> women a day? Oh, my God. What am I going to say to these women? Just the, the, the vulnerability and the intimacy of building with the sponsor was hard, you know. I, and I do want to acknowledge that, that we do understand that if you're in the beginning of this journey, listener, that it's scary. And neither MG nor I... We are seasoned, you know, I've been in this thing for 16 years now and MG's like right behind me, you know, and it, it, it is scary, but it's when you commit and when you take the hand of your sponsor and, you know, you share the intimate details of the things that you have shame about that where you, here I go traveling outside of my value system. And the sponsor helps you come back and recognize that and make amends for it. You know, recognize your your um, character defects, humbly ask them to remove them. That's step uh, make, six, listeners, and ones we, you know. Make the list. That's right. <laughs> and make I amends for them. Right. Those are the action steps. And, and um, yeah, you will have a spiritual awakening you will have a spiritual awakening. If you grab the hand of that sponsor, you tell the truth, you meet with regularity, you meet with consistency, you stay on it, you don't take, it doesn't take a year to do the steps. You know, you've got to meet once a week with your sponsor until you're done. There are steps that take a little bit longer. You know, the first step can be lengthy. The, um, the fifth step can be lengthy and nine can be lengthy. But the rest of them, you you should be able to get through those in 
you know, a one, one and a half hour session with your new sponsor. And you become, it's one of the most treasured relationships I have is all the women that have trusted me to guide them, including you. But one of the things about a sponsorship is that it's a sacred relationship that you go into and you don't know how it's going to work out until it works out. And, you know, it's uh, such a beautiful gift. And there was something else I was going to say, but I can't remember what it is. So It's so full. It's, it's just a very rich relationship. I have sponsees that I don't even see anymore. And then, it, like, on my birthday, they'll say, you know, happy birthday. And I just Aww. I have fond memories of that. Yeah. Know? And I still feel really close, you know? Well, here's, here's what I, I remember what I was going to say. A friend of mine uh, who's an AA friend of mine said that, you know, when I first started, you know, w- wanting to be a sponsor, she said, there's only two things you need to do when you're a sponsor is to love them and take them through the steps. That's it. And, that is. And, you know, the, the, the love them part is the hardest part for me because it's like, I don't want to love anybody. I don't want to be vulnerable like that. I don't want to bring them into my heart and, you know, taking somebody through the steps, no worries, but, you know, to love somebody and to put that in the forefront of my relationships. Now, listeners, I haven't done this perfectly with people I've sponsored. Okay. And it's a continued work in progress for me as I continue to develop my sponsoring skill set. that when I work with people that, you know, that's, that's one of the first things that I have to think about is, can I love them? And especially if they might be in opposition to some of my points of view in the world. <laughs> and so that's why. Except your points of view on sponsoring. I mean, there's some, right. there's a resistance and the resistance is so challenging to deal with when you right. like, you know, over and over. I'm like, what is your resistance? I'm not resistant. <laughs> well, like I remember like, you know, when I was working with you and you knew you were saying you need to go into non no contact with all men. And I'm like, well, I just have this new friend of mine. He's one, he's my, he's a sweetheart. We're going to church together. There's nothing sexual. And you were like, no, no men. And, you know, just tell them you're going to be doing this work and, you know, you'll be done in six months, nine months. And I remember you telling me that. And I was like thinking, what? I have to give up my friend and I was willing, I was willing. And so I reached out to him and I said, listen, you know, I don't know if you're going to understand this or not, but you know, I'm going to be kind of like doing this work and I'm not going to be able to hang out or sit with you at church. And I was so afraid to say that to him. And here's what he said. He said, okay, I'll see you on the other side. And that blew me away. And then I went back to you and I reported back to you and I said, okay. And then you said, oh, you can be his friend. What you had wanted to see from me was my willingness. Willingness. And the dependency, you know, the dependency. Are you using that person instead of whatever, you know? Right. Instead of focusing like on my step work, you know, using him to kind of process what's going on. Yeah, that's your substitute qualifier. Yeah. Right. And I do want to remind you, listener, please, you know, if you're in the Houston area, go see our sponsor, Pure Coffee, or Birdhouse Coffee. Pure Coffee is at I-10 and Antoine. 
Um, it's right on the feeder road, the best coffee in Houston and Birdhouse is in Missouri City on Highway 6. Just Google it, you'll find that. Um, they are graciously uh, sponsoring us. And so just take a minute and go get a cup of coffee. I go there every morning. If you ever wanna run into me, 8 a.m. at Pure Coffee, I'll be there. And if you tell them you're a Sober Sister listener, they'll give you a 10% discount. Yeah. So until next time, listeners. Thank you. Bye. So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. You can share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye.